Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am still your host, Louise Sullis, and with me is my very, very talented friend, my friend who loves a great story, the mixtress, DC Gina. <laughs> Hi, Louise. How are you today? I'm good. Where are you at, love? Um, I'm actually on the other side of the bar at two four, at my um, Capitol Hill location in Buffalo and Bergen. Nice. How are things going? It's July in DC and it's hot and it's, it's hot. slowing down a bit. People are out of town. Yep. And that's okay because we're being able to gather our thoughts. Good. Good. So as you gather your thoughts, I'd like to tell you a little story if you might let me. Okay. All right. I have one just for you, Gina. <laughs> there once was a young Italian immigrant named, <laughs> stop laughing, <laughs> Dominic Conti. He came to New York in the early 1900s, and one day, in 1928, he decided he was not going to go to work at his little grocery store. Oh, no. He was going to take the day off, and he'd spend his day gallivanting about town. And while gallivanting in the lovely state, the lovely garden state, he found himself at Patterson Museum, where he gazed upon something his eyes had never seen before. Here, before him, was none other than the famed Finan Ram. Yes, the Finan Ram. He was so mesmerized at the sight of this recovered artifact from 1901, his head was nearly spinning. He knew from now on, from now on, his cold cuts topped with lettuce, tomatoes, peppers, onions, oil, vinegar, Italian herbs, salt, and pepper placed between two layers of cheese. Yes, to prevent that bread from getting soggy. They would from now on forever, forever be called the submarine sandwich. <laughs> that is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that is a night that is a theory of where the word sub submarine for the sandwich came from. Smart from choice in using the word theory. <laughs> There's quite Some people a people from Philly might yell at you about that one. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So the voice you hear, he's jumping ahead. Let's go ahead and introduce today's designated drinker. He's also had an epiphany about submarines and sandwiches. He's none other than our very good friend, the designated drinker, who's making his fourth appearance to our little show, or Adam might want to say his third and a half or three and a there half. There you go, uh, three and a half. <laughs> he is a celebrity chef and owner of the Coconut Club, and now his newest venture, Subbies, Adam Greenberg. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks for having me again. I'm looking forward to getting my, I want to get like my fifth jacket when we do S, like SNL does. Once you get, <laughs> once you're on five times, you get the jacket. So I can't That's wait for great. that. We're on land this time. I think the last time we all did. Yeah, the, the last boat, time was, uh, no, there. no, no. The, yeah, it was a uh, the tough time on the boat. That oh no, we did last time. call. We did, we were at last call. That's right. Yeah, yeah we were on Friendsgiving. Call. Okay, that's right. That's right, Friendsgiving. Look, I'm getting all teary-eyed. Does not feel, it feels, yeah, look at you. Although we do love the episode, uh, and if you haven't heard this episode and you're listening to this podcast, you really should go back to um, Adam at Sea, because it's really funny. Interesting. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's pretty anyway, great. Anyway, some of Adam went And I wish I could do sea. it again. I wish I could do it again today. I wish we could, we could be out there. It'd be great. Right? Yeah. Really. It was a fun time for some of us. Maybe not so much for Adam, but for the rest if of us, it was a great time. If we knew time. this was coming, I probably would have had a blast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Right? So speaking Seriously. of this time and having so a blast. So you're socially going to see people on a boat? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would have done all Possibly. that. Possibly. You're making my eyes water the more you touch your eyes. I'm like, I have a I'm heart sorry. Attack. I have something in my left eye. It's killing me. But let's get back to the show. So 
Um, speaking of new ventures, Adam, what are you doing yes. these days? I hear a little something about a subbies. Yeah. So, um, basically, you know, since this has all started, um, we were closed for three days. Emily and I, who is my business partner and part owner of Coconut Club, um, her and I go way back. A lot of people don't know that she's an owner and I'm trying to get that out there more that we are a women owned, uh, restaurant group and I cannot do anything that I do without her. So, um, she came on after we opened for six months. Uh, she's been here. We just sat down and we did what we know how to do best, which is just go to work and work hard. Um, we first did takeout and delivery. Uh, we turned our space into a market. And I've talked about this before and I spoke with you a little bit yesterday, but the layout of our space allows us to do a lot of things. We didn't nail any chairs to the ground. We can move tables out. We could be flexible. So when I started reading like people couldn't get chicken, it was like, I got four cases of chicken in my walk-in, let's just sell chicken. So we became a market. And then when people didn't really have a need for it more, that kind of dwindled down. And then we said, what do we do next? And um, my friend Pete, so I'm gonna try to make a long story short, but I love <laughs> subs. I'm, I'm from Connecticut. I love a good grinder sub, hoagie, whatever you want to call it, a wedge even, Long Islanders, yeah. New Yorkers, a wedge. All right, so I love them. And I moved to DC five years ago and I literally just Googled where to find a good sub or a good sandwich. I went to MGM Roast Beef. I went to Bubs and Pops. I've been to Stachowski's. I've been to all of them. Um, and I love all of them for their own. It's like I go to one place because that sandwich I love from that place. And then I discovered Yang Market. And Yang Market is in Eckington. It's on the corner of you and I don't even know, right? It's like in the middle of Eckington and people are like, huh? So it's like a bodega. And this kid, Pete, was doing subs. And I meet Pete, and he's got very New England vibes to him. And he's from this area, though. Um, it's like it's like I'm the Red Sox fan version of Pete, who's the Washington Nationals local guy who loves talking, loves people, and loves making a great sandwich. Um, we struck up a friendship. Long story short, he ended up selling Yang. He came on the opening team at Coconut Club and then left to go do a different job. And he was just like everybody else, just out of work and we were still friends. And I'm like, hey, listen, like I've always wanted to open a Blackboard sub shop. Like it's been something I've always wanted to do. Would you want to come do this? Because I don't physically have the time to do it because I'm, me and my chef, Kyle, we're the only two cooking at Coconut Club. So during all when this- When you say been... Blackboard sub, what does that mean? Oh, so to me, sorry. Yeah, that's like, it's like walking into like a local deli that sells drinks, chips, um, it's not the chef up like. I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me. Did, did yeah. you ask what a bodega was? No, she no, asked no. what a Blackboard sandwich shop was. Oh, I thought she asked what a bodega like was. A... I'm like, I have to leave this show immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Any of the terms. Yeah, yeah. So to me, sorry, and I don't even know if people call it that. Just like a Blackboard sub shop is like bodega style, like no frills. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, we're not getting like this fancy bread that like, you know, or we make like these fancy aiolis your, your and all these fancy. things. It's, yeah, maybe you call it that, but it's, the point is, is that it's meant to be that. I understand it's not white bread and, and wheat, but yeah. it's, um, it's meant to be no frills. We're not doing anything too fancy. Um, I like to say it's like, you know, we wanted to separate the concept from Coconut Club, but keep that same vibe of we're beachy, we're fun people. Like we like things to just bring a smile to your face. So how do we incorporate that? And then, and literally like the amazing thing is that the logo, the brand and the name were born in like a week. Like it wasn't something that we'd been, we always wanted to call it subbies. And it always, it was just like, Pete was like, I call them subbies. Like we were like subs, grinders, this. He's like, I don't know, I call them like subbies. Like I want to eat a subby. 
we're like, Selby's sounds great. And then I hit up John DiNapoli at Edit Lab, who Gina knows. And John has done designs for amazing restaurants. But on the side, just he's just such an artist. He's amazing. He's done a couple posters for me for one-offs for events and things that are just amazing. So I threw him this idea and I said, hey, I want to do this sub thing. I'm kind of thinking VW bus meets sub something. He sends me this logo. The script's a little different. And he had surfboards on the top. And I was like, how about we put subs on the top? And then just like, I don't know, look at this font I found from Mr. Robot kind of thing. And he put this logo together in like a day. Like it's just some people, I can't draw for shit. Can you turn um, around? Show yeah. us the back of your shirt. Oh, yeah, sorry. Please can't see it. Do you I love saw it? it yesterday. It's so awesome. It's so yeah. awesome. Yep. So it's great. John did that. He drew that up in a day. We got stickers and, you know, Subbies was born. And what, what we're trying to do and like through this whole thing, I said this to you yesterday, Louise, but like I believe in, you know, I worked at Gramercy Tavern many, many years ago. And the one, the biggest thing I took from there besides just great ingredients and treat it well. And there was nothing fancy really about it other than like great ingredients, technique, but every single diner, when they left, they got a coffee cake. And if you ate in the dining room and, and Danny's philosophy behind that was that you carry the experience into the next day into someone's household and they get that coffee cake in the morning, which at the time cost 55,000 a year for them to do it. Like that was wow. their investment in this thing because labor, all those things. And but you eat the coffee cake in the morning. It's delicious. You talk about your experience from the night before. So the idea of like, how do we create an experience in a bag? Like, how do you do that? When we were first doing Coconut Club and doing the to-go was reheating instructions, cute swag, maybe a koozie, maybe a sticker, who knows? With subbies, it's like, we put in like an Andy's mint or like a York peppermint patty in a sticker. And people are like, Jolly Ranchers. candy. We have Jolly yep. Ranchers. Yeah, we, so we go to the cash and carry and it's sort of just, Pete comes back with like, he sends like a text in our Slack and it's like, look what I got this week. And it's like mini Duke's mayonnaise. And we'll throw one in with like a little heart and he does those little too. things. There you go. You got that. And that's the full experience. And then you'll get some Slim Jims maybe. And we have that on the menu. Um, and then honestly, what's funny though, is like, instead of carrying Coke and Diet Coke, we carry Dr. Brown's, which is such like a weird thing, but for, I know, you know, the connection to it, but we're not doing like a Jewy Del deli kind of thing, but, I just love Dr. Brown's and I think it's great. Listen, so, we, make, we make our own sodas, Adam. And yeah, I will tell you 100%, black cherry, Dr. Brown's black cherry is so nostalgic for me. Yeah. Like, And the diet's not good, but it's just the regulars. Doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's like the nostalgia of going to sandwich shops in Connecticut, New York, Northern Jersey, parts of Philly. That, that's what you drank. That's what you yeah. got. That was going to be my question. That was going to be my question because I'd never heard of it. I want somebody oh. to. I want you to sell Yuhu with your subs because that would be total Long Island fishing sub sandwich for us. Like we used to stop so, with crazy. I'll get Yuhu if you get Tempty cream cheese. Oh, just for fun ah. for a week. I'll do, do it for know, a week. You know Tempty, of right? Of course, I okay, know what so Tempty is. Do you, Tempty is like it's the best whipped cream cheese on the planet. It is like a New England thing or like a New York thing, really. It's a New York thing. It's so good. My brother's obsessed with it. They so. put um, they put a little bit of uh, like um, a different renin in there. So it, it almost has a, a, a tiny, like tangy taste to it. It's oh, good. That's so Gina, is that found all over Long Island then? Um, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet it's there. Yeah. So huh. lo like Long Island, Connecticut, like that whole area. Um, so I'm know, sure I've had it. I just don't know it. You yeah. start to lose all of those products because distributors don't come down this far. Like gotcha. I find it like 
mind blowing that you can't get breakstones here. Like, no, you know I, the craziest thing? Yeah, so you can't get breakstones here. And the funniest thing that P and I, we're going to do a subbies pop up in Boston soon. Fine. And what's really cool is that I never knew Duke's Mayo. I know people are going to be like, what the hell? I grew up in Connecticut with Hellman's. Yeah. We didn't have, Duke's is not available in Connecticut. It's not a nope. thing. So for us to bring, like in, on our, all our subs here, we do, if you have mayo, it's Duke's mayo. So we're bringing Duke's to Boston basically as a thing. And we I, I find it mind blowing that I grew up without Duke's because Duke's for me is like Hellman's and Cupid in this beautiful marriage in the middle. Um, <laughs> where Hellman's has this weird Vaseline thing going on. I don't know. I still grew up with it, so I get it. But although, it's, uh, although I but, will tell you this, Hellman's mayonnaise, fresh chicken cutlet off of the, out of the fryer, um, you know, just a little bit of oregano, tomatoes, and lettuce is legitimately one of the most, like, craziest sandwiches they make in Long Island. You get it on semolina bread. And if you go anywhere near the beach, it's just called a beach chicken cutlet, and people get it all the time. Ooh. And it's literally, like, what we grew you up eating. We used to take them fishing. Like we would go get that, go out of Freeport, go fishing for the day. And you would take this sandwich on the boat because as that mayonnaise like seeped into the bread, along yeah. with a little bit of the oil and the tang, so good. Did the bread hold up? What? That's great. Did the bread hold up? This is semolina bread. You want to get into like the <laughs> argument of bread? For me, the sandwiches have to be on a hard roll, A. B, it's got to be some sort of like semolina or hard topping. So like, I'm, I'm loving the sandwich bread that Adam chose because he has so like good. a hard, like a nice crust on it. But like the vessel, the idea of the sub for me, it like, has to have a vessel and it has to maintain its integrity when you put oil and vinegar on it. So basically it has to have a leathery skin. So if you were anywhere in New York and you got something on a roll, you would get it on a Kaiser and the Kaisers are a leathery outside as well, soft inside. So then if you did get an Italian on there, it wouldn't break down. Gotcha. I, I love sandwiches. I think yeah. sandwiches. So what's really cool, like, right. So I, we were talking about it yesterday because um, tail up announced they're doing like a retail wine bar and sandwich shop. And then um, Adams Morgan, the Duchess at night, they're doing hoagie boys with Alex McCoy, like consulting with them. And then um, uh, Paul Taylor at Columbia room is doing, I forgot the new name of it, but they were doing like, buy a hero for a sub, you know, oh, um, sub. your only friend, your only friend. That's his new concept. What's really cool about this is that through pandemic, through feelings of this world of anxiety, that this comfort food is what makes people like bagels, cream cheese, uh, pizza, burgers, and sandwiches. Like, so everybody is leaning towards what makes people feel good. And it's a sandwich because like what Gina just talked about is like we're talking about one type of sub and we're not trying to, oh, grazie, grazie. I'd be remiss to not mention them as oh well. God, and like sorry, sorry. all these places that are around, yeah. of course, and like Bob's and Pops. And so, so anyway, they're the, they're the originators, right? They've been here. But the point is, is that we all just sort of started doing subs, but we're not doing what grazie, grazie does, what someone else does. It's like I said, I go to different places for different subs I want to have. I want to be the place that somebody just wants like turkey and roast beef, not this okay. super 12 hour braise something, blah, blah, blah. Like we'll leave that to someone else in that category. But then you talk about like what Gina was talking about is like a Kaiser roll and then this. So it's like, then it turns into like, who's got a different vessel? What bread are you using? And probably a lot of us are using Leon Bakery. And then you like Reverie, um, not Reverie, I'm sorry, but Tale of Goat, they bake their own bread. So like their sandwiches are gonna have a different element to it because they bake. So it's so cool that like 
we're still talking about one thing. It's a sandwich. But a sandwich can be on a bagel. It can be on something. So there's just so many translations to it and variations. And I just wanted to do – so on my way – and really the story was in, in Connecticut. I was with the Barcelona group for a long time. We used to have our corporate meetings down in Norwalk. And so I would drive from Hartford. It's about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And every single meeting we'd go once a week, I'd pull off the highway at this place for Mike's Deli. It's like blue awning, bodega, like basically corner store where every guy, you know, every painter in the neighborhood goes in the morning, gets a coffee. Hey, Joe, how you doing? And they would have a blackboard <laughs> and they're known for their subs, like, you know, line out the door. I had to grab a couple subs and bring them back from my staff or bring them whatever. Um, and I'm like, that's the only thing in DC that sometimes I missed. And when Pete closed Yang, the closest thing to it, I would say would be the Italian store. But the thing about the Italian store is really the Italian store is six different variations of an Italian. So there isn't like a turkey roast beef. It's just all like capicola, mortadella, which is amazing. But that I just wanted something that simple where, oh, yeah, and Sundovich too. Like they do awesome, you know, regional, like they have sandwiches that have hummus on them and then one that does like a steak with chimichurri. And so it's just so cool to see that like there's still room for different variations of this. It's not like, oh, look, someone took our idea and opened up a sandwich spot. Like, what a genius. Like, I'm no freaking genius. We just like, and like I said, I knew somebody to make subs. I didn't have the time to invest in it. But now, and I'll just be frank with you, is if you asked Emily and I in five years, do you see more coconut clubs or subbies? I would tell you subbies. Because the direction, and I know Gina and I could probably talk about this forever, is if we started talking about labor versus what restaurants are going to look like and what they are looking like and what we're doing is, We've learned we can do a lot more with less. So why are we going to start to pack our buildings with so much labor when people just need a grab and go situation or they just need counter service or they just need grab a number and go sit down because that's more social distancing than it is servers standing right in front of you. Um, there's just so many things to consider now that for me, the idea of having to go raise hypothetically a million dollars to go open up another coconut club versus I'm just being frank with you. Granted, we had the space. We don't pay rent, so take all things into consideration. Our investment into opening subbies was about $1,500. So, I mean, again, now keep in mind, like, we already pay rent for Coconut Club, like all these things. So the idea was that I have a friend in California that has a ghost kitchen concept. And what's funny now is to call something a ghost kitchen, it's like, yeah, we were all ghost kitchens. Like, so it's not every single restaurant you couldn't eat in, so you were just getting delivery and takeout. But the idea that this continues on is a ghost kitchen, that there's nowhere to sit down for, for subbies, at least for now. It's just take out and, and pick up. Um, and that's something that, like, if I could open a subbies in every college city and, and find 800 square feet, put a couple of coolers, a slicer, and put some posters on the wall, that's not going to cost me what it would cost me to open a coconut club. So it's just, you know, and that's the thing, is it's all about building a brand around something and trying to figure out, you know, and Gina and I can speak on this probably that like, we're not 20 anymore. So the idea of what? trying to, what? What? Still, what? and what's crazy though, is like, you still work like you do. So you're like, huh? But the idea is like, when I'm 55, logically, like, am I going to be able to work on the line every day and do all those things? And that building a restaurant or a brand around your personality, which a lot of chefs do, that's very hard to get away from and to expand or to scale out because then people are like, well, when he's not there, she's not there, the food's different. When you and I all know it, we never really cook the food anyway, and it's our cooks that have been there for 10 years. Like that same person's been making that same chicken dish for you for 10 years, and in your brain, I'm not there, so you think it's not the same. Okay. Well, the fact is, though, is if you build a brand around something that's a brand, then it's about the sub, it's about 
that. And that's why I've taken, I'm trying to take my attention and coconut club is trying to use subbies as like, Hey, come check out our friend, but it's not by coconut club. It's not by Adam Greenberg. It's let's talk about Pete. Let's talk about how this happened. Um, but then what we're now trying to do, and I know I can keep talking, but um, I used to work for Barcelona. Um, they are at 50% capacity everywhere all over the country where they've opened as well. Some of the restaurants have uh, really big prep kitchens and things. So I reached out to them and talked to them about, they're not open for lunch in some locations. And this is why we're trying it in Boston is how about we come and do a pop-up from 11 to three. And then some of your cooks that are only working 50% of their hours, they can get jobs. So I would hire them in the morning to work at subbies and then they clock it out so that we're, we're not only creating a concept out of a ghost kitchen out of another restaurant, but we're hopefully creating jobs and giving some income to people in these cities. So we're going to beta test it essentially in Boston. If it works, then hopefully we would do it in Nashville and Charlotte and their other locations, which um, we'll see I what know. happens. Like, you know, Louise and I know where that Barcelona is in Nashville. We did a podcast oh. right next door. Yeah. 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 So that yeah, great the thing location. is around. So about Nashville, what's interesting is that we would prep it there, but then take it like get a bike or like do something and take it to like Broadway or we, we got to look into the farmers markets so and things. Close. Adam, you know that area, Edgewood, there's not a lot of foot traffic, but um, yes, there is. They were telling me 12 South where Bartaco is, like that area. They said is just insanely it's, it's busy. Everywhere in Nashville where we were, where Barcelona is, in that little corner is like a whole. Look, we can talk no, about I've, I've never been to Nashville. I can't okay, wait. so like, you're talking about day. three blocks. You're talking about oh, okay. three, four, four. It's it's kind of like, like Adam's appearance on the show. Is it four or three and a half? It's, right, it's, there you it's go. debatable. So, yeah. so you know, so one great. thing I would say, Adam, is you're talking about being able, you're you know, being able to pivot during this time. Really, in you're speaking my speak, where you talk about a brand that is able to be flexible. That to your point, we aren't any one thing, but we stand for something much bigger, which yeah. allows you to be organic and being able to like, to your point, in five years, who knows? And in right. the, But we do know in our near future, and right now you've been able to pivot to fit for what you need right now and for the foreseeable future. Right. We don't know what's going to be, you didn't know that, we didn't know about this a year ago, much less can we really guess what it's going to look like in a year from now. So I applaud you for being able to build a brand and understand that it's not, you don't have to be staunch about only doing it one way and it has to be this way. The one way you're doing it, to your point, it's fun, it's approachable, it puts a smile on your face, it's food that makes it an experience, it's an experience really that makes you feel good. And that right. it, for me is where your brand thread um, goes stitches through and i applaud you for that it's hard to do and it's really hard to get people to especially business owners to see that they don't it doesn't have to be just adam greenberg you know and right. i think gina is also brilliant in that way because she's of course because she's listening i'm going to say it but right. no i think you know because she's able to like it's not just bagels it's not just great cocktails it's just it's the experience that she creates for you well, in the these funniest thing about spaces. and i'll say this gina to flatter you a little bit but like I've never in my life ever been anywhere that does bagels and then has cocktails. Like it's, it was, it's like the idea that was born out of, and I know I've talked to Gina about this, about how Buffalo Bergen was born and that like, this wasn't what it was when it started. And like, if you, I, I don't know, I just think there's a lot of places that are trying to look at what they've done and said, we can't do what we did, you know? And there are places that are trying to go back to do what they did, you know, like the big, let's just take like a big steakhouse, like, they can't pivot and go do chicken parm night because they're a steakhouse. So they're going to just reopen again as a steakhouse 
and that may or may not work. Who knows? But like DC is, as you said, Gina, like July in DC is dead as is. I had someone, I've only lived here five years, but I had somebody tell me that's been here a long time. That was like, it feels like it felt seven years ago before the boom that DC was really quiet. And it was like eerily quiet. And people that are going to their beach houses now are going out or they're, they're leaving the city for the summer. They're not coming back anytime soon. So it's been a really eerie kind of quiet, like you said, sales. There's been a very consistent um, comments from people, other restaurant owners I've talked to that the habits of people are very similar everywhere. Like we were doing really well with takeout and delivery. And then we saw a dip when we had to open patio and do this, but we need more employees back to do it. So it's all this, you know, like you said, this gives us time to think and figure it out. But it's also like, it's a little concerning. It's concerning. Being on the other side, I'm sorry, Jane, I was going to say being on the other side as a patron, we appreciate, I I can speak speak for myself. I think we truly appreciate places that are doing it well and keeping everyone safe. And at least, you know, I mean, being able to see the faces we all love and the, those experiences, even in a small dose, with whether it be inside the bag or sitting on the patio, we all uh, applaud you and thank you. Historically, and I think this is, I think any restaurateur that's listening to this podcast right now really should like take time to like look at history. Historically, after. Um, the mass pandemic in 1918 it was years before restaurants and all of those things came back right that's why they're getting all the statistics from and if you look at what um just came out from goldman sachs they said as a country we are down five percent in revenue on on a on a on a full country scale of retail and restaurants right and that is to go down again, and they're saying to 10% by next year. So when you look at what was popular in 1918, and you have to remember that it's right before um, you had the, the crash, right? Yep. Subs, bagels, pizza all made it through. So everyone's doing exactly what history is telling you to do. It's uh, a great point. And you really need to, like, follow that. And, like, you know, and, and, and I say this all the time to everybody. 100% there is major opportunity for people now that can pivot and really do it well to make themselves make big moves in these uncertain times. But you have to be strategic and you have to be smart about it. And I think, and, and I hope that other people are listening, what Adam is doing to, re, to refine his voice in food is so smart. And to think fu- like more futuristic about where am I going to be because and he's and you're and you're right. You're not going back to restaurants for a while. As much as the disappointment as it is to me, you'll probably go to a bar first before you're going to go sit down for a full meal. And I find that to be enticing and sad all at the same time. Because I mean, nothing- coconut clubs, yeah, and coconut clubs built to be a party. So yeah. if you can't throw a party, kind of hard. Like, and that doesn't mean we can't have fun. That doesn't mean that we can't try to provide some sort of you know, last night was our first night of patio and we saw people be happy again. And we got to see that a little bit, but it's not a hundred people. It's 30 people. Like last night we felt crazy over 35 guests because it's like, you know, it's the first time and you haven't seen that, but that's not enough revenue. You know, that's not enough, but it's, it's what we're going to do for now. Um, but the idea, like you said, for me to think about this as like, go and open up a place that's going to have parties no, I mean, I'm actually looking at a space in my hometown in Connecticut, and we looked at it before everything hit, and I had to pull out of the negotiations because the landlord, I didn't like the deal. And it was really a shame because I loved the space. It was in my hometown. It would crush it. 
now he comes back after the pandemic and he initiated the conversation, which I kind of knew would happen. And it's not like we need to play hardball or anything. He's being very understanding. But what I'm saying is, is what I had for plans for that space originally, now I'm like, hmm, how could I split this and put subbies in the back and put co- maybe a small coconut club in the front that's counter service only and maybe quick service and then a bar for when 20, middle of 2022, maybe we can have cool bar parties again the bar is there for when it's time, you know? And like, that's my thought is like, rather than taking the whole space and making this coconut club, it's now I have two concepts everywhere. I open a coconut club. Should I put that in there as well? All right. Let's cheers that. Let's cheers that thinking with, yes, exactly. That was my point. We need to get, let's get some liquor going. Literally freaking out over here. What's the name of the show, Gina? What's the name of the show? I mean, it is a designated drinker. I'm like starting to have a panic attack. So can I can I show this? Because I know you have the drink in front of you. you. Is your drink ready, Adam? A drink is ready. Okay, so I'm gonna yeah. show the guests sort of what you what you get when you get this at home, okay? Or what you can get. You got it. So Adam was kind enough to um, send us pina colada mix and then also their house-made um, rum blend that they use for their cocktails. So if you're doing this at home and you're picking this up from Gogan Club or Adam is doing this delivery, this is what you would get. You get the pina colada mix. And then you get the house rum blend. And best then part, though. the best, best part. part. Are you ready? You get the con- you get the um, the garnish and you get little umbrellas. So I'm gonna guess this is for two people, right, Adam? Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or so, just really one really thirsty one. I'm gonna make the well, we're gonna make the whole thing. So basically all you're gonna do is, and if you follow the directions, it's three ounces per cocktail. So we're gonna pour three ounces of the coconut mix into our blender. And yep. Adam, you can do this on the rock. So if you want to do this cocktail and All shake right, so here's here's what I want to show you. So I knew you were going to blend. So Go. I'm giving you ours, how we're doing it here at the restaurant right now is we're putting our rum and our pina mix right into a pouch. Yep. And this is so on brand for me because I'm not a bartender. So pouch. The pouch. Crushed ice. Now we have the sonic ice, so we got that good crushed ice, you know? So at home, you may want to blend. Crushed ice, little frond, and I get an umbrella too. Look at that, huh? It's so, so cute. cute. That's about on brand for me. So I just get to pour it over ice and that's how I make a drink. But I Gina's going to blend for you. I'm doing it the other way, even easier. I am just going to put mine in a tin and shake. There you go. So a pina can be shaken, it can be blended, it can even be poured over ice. It's a beautiful thing. Nice and refreshing. I do, I will say though, I do prefer the blend. I mean, I'm, I'm all about the blend. So Gina, if you couldn't get Adam's blend, what would we use? Huh? If you couldn't get Adam's blend for our home, for our home listeners who don't live in the DC area and can't get the coconut club, what kind of rum would they use? Um, I would use a white, I would use a, a white rum and a little bit of dark, but can I just show you this? You do live in the DC area so and you can get this and get it and get it home. Um, this is a really Beautiful. great thing. So I poured it in there just so you know, for each cocktail, I put one and a quarter cups of ice. That is always my move. And to make sure that, um, to really honor Adam's bartender for coming up with this, I'm going to show you how they would serve it at the restaurant because I always think it's so pretty. So cute. And then you take this well, and your little... And your little I really like the milkshake glass. I, I kind of may have to bite off that. I like that and a lot. And, they put, <laughs> and you put that in. 
And when you have a frozen cocktail, we're gonna use a metal straw. And yep, gotta have a metal straw. Ooh, metal straw. So again, you, this is really pretty. So Hold I think on, I so mine. So we, we got options. We got options. So I went to Coconut Club yesterday to get all the ingredients. And yeah. I was given one of the disco ball cups. How cute is this? Oh, look at that. And so we just pour it right in. Nice. And I shook mine till it got nice and cold and frosty. And I'm going to forego all the fun little garnishments she gave me. Maybe I'll just, you know... Do a little something like this. Put, you know, a little aloha. There you go. And then I'll put my little lime in. And listen, I don't know if anybody watching and knows, look. but Louise lived in Hawaii, as you call did. it. For a yes, long time. I did. So, so yes, cool. I did live in Hawaii for a long time. And um, I will say I can't wait for the poke to come back on um, Adam's menu because okay. he has by far the best ahi poke in the city, in my we'll very humble opinion. We used to fly, it's, it's those days of we used to fly our tuna in from Honolulu Fish Company in Hawaii. Um, yep. Those, those the, the Honolulu, uh, the Hawaii fisher, fisheries were my client. So yeah. I used to get that tuna. They would call me and go, sister, Amazing. sister, you come by, you come by. We have something for you. And I would right. go in and they would have this huge piece, like eight pound, eight pounds of grade A sashimi as a gift. I would go in and I'd be like, thank you. Yeah. Yes, okay. This is delicious. So Cheers now look, I can invite a friend. So you can do two at once. I love right. it. Look at that. Or you could just put it all in your little disco ball and drink the whole damn thing yourself. Yeah. I love it. No Adam, reason to share. I love that you're on the show. I love that you're doing Thank subbies. You. I feel like it's so great. Thanks for having us on again. And thanks for featuring subbies. You know, I'm always Absolutely. here for you. Absolutely. So uh, next, next stop, you're going to do pop-ups around the world. Let's do it. Yeah, we said Subby. Subby's, in, Subby's International. There we go. We'll cover each one of them on the designated drinker. It's funny. Somebody <laughs> said to me, they were like, when's the last time Subway was like disrupted? And like, it's like Jimmy John's and things. And it's, Jimmy John's is solid, you know, but it's like, there's just room for it. Sandwiches are love. It's good stuff. Come on, G. It is. All right, Gina. Wait, your listen, turn. Listen, Jim, oh, wait, I mean, is okay. If you can replicate Katz's globally, that'd be amazing. But, like, that's impossible. What's really funny, actually, you mentioned Katz's, is my dad got from my brother-in-law a package from Katz's for Father's Day. So great. They do an unbelievable job. I didn't know they yep. did that like that. Like, I know Gold Belly will ship stuff, but I didn't realize they had, like, labeled jars, packaging. You know, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I don't know why I'm asking. Been doing, before, but, you know what's funny is that you could, you could have shipped Katz's 10 years ago and nobody realized it because nobody, nobody was shipping it. You and now everybody's in the pandemic and they're like, oh my God, you know what happened? Like, I'm even acting now like it's like, oh my God. But obviously, like, they've probably been doing it for years. But it was, I opened my dad's fridge. He's got the full sours, he's got everything. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, we had a we had a party. A friend of mine had a party last year, and that's what her her wife got her was um, Katz's Deli from New York. Have you what have, what do you guys think about West Coast? What do you think of Cantor's? Do you know Hold Cantor's in L.A.? It's okay. It's good. It's really good. I'm not a West Coast. Um, I'm just a, I'm an East Coast show. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Yep, Cantor's. Is, I, I only know I've I can only speak mustard on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. Dave took me to Cantor's when we were in LA because that's where he used to skip high school, skip school, and go to Cantor's all the time. And uh, he'd get Cantor's and take it back. So all right. I'm just wondering if you had had. So, so wait, let's do a little housekeeping. We gotta do our housekeeping first. Okay. Where we? So we have. Uh, if you can't get to Adams uh, Subbies or Coconut Club and get this delicious cocktail, they're gonna head where, Gina? To designateddrinker.show. Wait a minute, Adam. Did you get that address? 
www.designateddrinker.show. Come check us out where you'll find all the information today about our show. Recipes will be online. Check us out. Crushsubbies.com, at Crushsubbies on Instagram, at Buffalo and Bergen, at The Mixtress DC. (laughs) Hashtag Crushsubbies. Hashtag Crushsubbies. I love it. (laughs) So let's close up the show, Gina. You've got your final question. All right, Adam. As you well know, in this time, you know, people really identify themselves with some sort of spirited animal. You might identify yourself with a praying mantis waiting in the corner, ready to pounce at any <laughs> given moment, not moving around too much, but making big moves, even though that you are quiet and, and concentrating. If you could be one spirit ingredient and identify yourself with that, and it could be either for cocktails or for food, what would it be and why? Oh, I think last time I answered matzo ball. That was so easy. Uh, what spirit ingredient would I be? I guess this should be easier. Um, what what what's what's talking to you to these these days? Subs. Like let's just the ingredient. We're gonna say Duke's mayo. Duke's <laughs> mayo because I've been I'm I'm regionally converted to a DC guy. And Duke's Mayo is now a part of me. So we're silky, we're smooth. We're navigating through this COVID thing, just like mayonnaise, <laughs> slithery and slippery. Through your sandwich. With a little through tangy. Soaking into the bread. Yeah, with a little Fabulous. tangy. All Fabulous. Right. I love, love it. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Love you guys. I hope you have, everyone's having a wonderful day. Eat, crush some subbies. Cheers. Cheers. Gee, how many people at work there? How many people you got? Five. It's a lot. All right. All right, you we'll switch. Be- you want to switch? I'll send some eggs up. Tell them to, to <laughs> nah, you're not nah, send. Yeah, whatever you want. I don't care. Like Done. we're not going to eat it. Okay. Fine. We'll see you. Love you. Love you guys. Right, Thank bye. you. All right. Bye, Adam. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. To learn more about HCOA or to find out about Missing Link's other podcasts, head over to missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company. 